morning, good morning, Word of Truth Ministry. God bless you, God bless you. I hear some of us were a little bit uh, taken back because time was, uh, we got an extra hour last night. It is actually right now, 10.15, and God is in the building. Listen, we're going to do like we always do here. Today is the first of the month. It's actually November 1st. God has blessed us to survive another week, and what a blessing it is. So, if you have anything that we're going to take our communion like we do on the first of the month every month. And if you have uh, any uh, the cracker or if you have juice as a symbol, symbol of what uh, God did for us, please take it out. I'm going to go through the scripture and then we're going to do this today. So communion. It's going to come out of Luke 22, 19 through 20. Luke 22, 19 through 20. It says, and he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it unto them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Take, break, eat. Likewise, also the cup at the supper saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. So what he was saying is, I need you to understand that everything that has happened, Jesus died on the cross so that we as believers now, can actually walk into relationship with the Father. Every sin past, every sin present, everything out there has now been covered by the blood of God, past, present, and future. So take of your cup and drink. We always talk about here at the Word of Truth Ministry, our confession of faith, what we believe in. We believe in the entire Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. We do not compromise God's Word at all. We come from the point of says, uh, Revelation 22 and 19. And if anyone takes away from the word of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life and from the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. See, the word of truth ministry, it builds the Bible. It builds faith, which empowers our purpose to do the thing God has called us to do. Now, if you have your Bibles today or whatever you use to look up the word, we will have some scriptures on the screen for you this morning, but regardless of that, I need you to find it for yourself. I mean, trust what I'm saying, but verify everything that is coming out of my mouth, that I am lining myself up with the word of God. Now, it says, our confession of faith, please repeat after me. This is our Bible. We believe every word from Genesis to Revelation. We live by it. We confess it. We trust it. We're led by it. We stand on it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, thank God for those prayers that people have been uh, sending me prayer uh, prayer things that I have been home for about four days. My dad is, uh, is not doing so well, but, you know, God is still able. And we're going to continue to seek the face of the Lord for his total and complete healing. So thank you for everybody that's sending out prayers. So the name of this message is Timing is Everything. Look at your, your neighbor, your friend, if you're sitting by your husband or your wife, your children, they're all listening to this message together. If you're doing a watch party, say to that person, timing is everything. So many times in our lives, we've heard this statement, whether it is buying a house or shopping for clothes on discounts or trying to buy a dress or a suit, finding somebody to marry, male or female, if you're male, trying to find a wife or a woman, waiting for your, your Boaz to come, or running into someone that tells you about Jesus. All this is important because timing is everything. See, many of our compliments are based off of timing. Many of our failures are also based off of timing. The one thing we as Christians must understand is who 
controls time. Sometimes we walk around saying that we are we're lucky to or uh, we're blessed to get the promotion, which we were. But it came in God's timing. There are other times we feel like a complete failure because we do not get something or become something or go somewhere that we thought in life we should be at at a particular time. For many years myself, I kind of live in a state of regret, but I had my wife to keep me focused. For many years, when I first came into the military, I had a friend of mine and we were graduated together. We had been friends since the third grade. And I used to try to compare myself with him in many different ways. And I felt like a failure in comparison to him based on where I was at the time. But my wife used to always tell me to appreciate where I'm at because God had me there for a particular reason. And that the walk I was doing was my walk and it wasn't his walk. We all face these situations. See, God is in control of time. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes 3 and 11, is from the NIV, Ecclesiastes 3 and 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in a human's heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. See, the events of man's labor depend wholly on God's immutable purpose. Man's part, therefore, is to do and enjoy every earthly thing in its proper season. Not setting aside God's order and not to undertake anything dependent on his own anxiety effort or anxious effort for its accomplishments. But to commit all his ways to God who has appointed the time and the end. Our job is to enjoy this life to the best of our ability under the word of God. He further acknowledges the ability to enjoy life, both moments of recreation and labor, is a gift of God. Every second of every day that you have. It's a gift of God. It is our responsibility not to live in regret and not to be living fret, but to live in the hope of the future and to live in the purpose God has set in us to live. See, the paradox is that one cannot generally face personal mortality and finitude without first facing God's immortality and infinite power. Everything that happens is under the authority of the most high God. Most of us do not even think about how the process begins in the morning, how we go to bed at night and how we sleep through the night and how we wake up in the morning and we start this whole process over again. This is why for me, when I go to bed at night, I normally pray when I lay down. And then when I get up in the morning, I pray before my feet hit the ground because I want God to lead everything that I do that day. We don't understand that there are many people that didn't wake up in the morning. There, there's some people that didn't sleep all night because for whatever reason, they were just tossing and turning based on the toil and the distress and anxiety that they're facing. But we got to realize that God is in control. We have to be able to give everything that we have to Christ and trust that he will lead us where we need to go. It says everything that happens is under the authority of God. From going to bed tonight to waking up in the morning. If you go to Matthew 28 and 18, this is part of the Great Commission. It was part of the part when Jesus was empowering them to go do the work of the ministry and for us to go do the work of the ministry. It says in verse 28, 18, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth 
has been given to me. See, Jesus laid the foundation for the success of our future ministries. We already got the power through Jesus. All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to him. This was a critically important thing to be said. See, without the Messiah, without Christ's authority, the mission of the disciple or our mission today will be doomed to failure. So no matter what we face in this world, Jesus has already empowered us to do the work of the ministry, to do the work of the Lord. Life will try to distract you from uh, things and try to control things and bring adversary, uh, adversities and tests and trials into your life. But we have to keep focus on Christ. However, as Christians, when we know and understand God is in control, we are better able to deal with the successes, the failures and the waiting. See, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 is a very very familiar verse. It tells us to trust in the Lord with all our heart and to lean not to our own understanding and all our ways acknowledge him and he shall direct our path. See, the commitment of the heart to God means that all the beliefs and decisions of life are to be submitted to God. Even every practical decision, when it talks about everything that we encounter, we need to give it to God. Because what happens is the things that we perceive to be big or the problems we perceive to be big or the trials that seem insurmountable, we give to God. And the smaller things we think we have the shoulders or the fortitude to take and support and go through ourselves. This scripture is telling us that everything that happens in this life, whether small, big or in the middle, everything should be given to God. And through that, God will lead and guide our direction. It says in every practical decision are in our view here and not just matters of academic pursuits. Dealing with time, it can extreme, be extremely frustrating and scary. See, we want everything to work out right now. I mean, how many times have you had a situation and you just needed it right now, whether it was money or it was just I need to support or I need somebody to talk to. I need them to talk to them right now. We are a right now type of people living in a right now type of environment. See, we want the promotion. Most some some those are unmarried. They want a spouse. Um, we want the money and we want everything else just right now, because right now is the time I perceive that I need it. But we're not seeking God's face to find out. Is this the time that he wants to give it? See, we have to place our lives, our hopes, our dreams and our aspirations and the all knowing and all powerful hands of God. Then and only then can we be able to, he'll be able to direct and to orchestrate our steps. Once we trust God and we put our lives in God's hands, he will direct and order our steps. Psalms 37, 23 and 24 talks about, and from the NIV, NLV, NLT, I'm sorry. It says the word directs the steps, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall. For the Lord holds them by the hand. What an assurance that no matter what we go through, no matter what we see, no matter what is happening, God got us. So spiritually, whatever falls the believer may have through his own weaknesses and corruption and Satan's finesse, the Lord, having begun a good work in him, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. We have the confidence 
that God has given each and every last one of us purpose. And if you continue to do, even though you may fall, even though you may fail, if you keep your eyes on Christ, God will complete the work he is putting you to be completed. See, a beautiful type of this is Christ stretching forth his arms and his hands to catch and save Peter from sinking in the waves. See, understand timing, timing, timing. You remember the statement when you try to go by a house and they say location, location, location. We need to do this thing when it comes to life. We need to be saying timing, timing, timing. It's a necessity to enjoy the perfect life God has given each and every one of us. God has us in his hands. God is reaching out to each and every one of us. We just have to reach out and or just keep our eyes on him. What is God's perfect will or his permissive will? It will happen in God's timing. Stop putting it in your timing and saying God has failed you because you haven't got something, gone somewhere or moved somewhere because you right now. Everything happens in God's timing. He is working a thing in you, preparing a thing in you so you can complete the ministry he has put in you. Many are worried, scared. Some of us have major concern. Some are confused. Some are angry. There's so much anxiety right now in this country, all because of this upcoming election. Just know timing is everything. What will happen will happen. Why? God is in control. What we have to do is not question the who, but we must trust the why now. See, our core scriptures come from Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. I love this set of scriptures because it talks about from uh, all the different things Solomon was talking about when it comes down to we don't God covers and has control over everything that goes on in our lifetime. And these group of scripture try to encapsulate every bit of that. It's coming from the NIV. It says uh, a time for everything. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent, a time to speak. There's a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. There is everything that we are going to go through in this life. It is designated as a time for. See, the preacher is far from holding that events in this world are simply a haphazard jumble. He is aware of something that mysteriously rules and orders every event. He usually refers to this experience by the neutral word time and thereby touches on the fact that every activity and every event and subject to a certain determination. Man does not control the world's time. We do not control the world's time. Timing is in the hands of the almighty God. God stirs us into the future with his hands and he is absolutely in control of all events. This is the confidence we should have. The different types of activities detailed in verses one through eight 
are divine activities, each of which is brought to pass in accordance with a divine plan or purpose. See, the word time occurs 28 times in these scriptures. 14 pairs of opposites are used in an effort to cover every conceivable experience of man here on earth or under the sun. Let's just briefly talk about some of these pairings. It says birth and death. Birth and death are not human accidents. They are divine appointments under God's control. I know we were trying to have a child when I was younger and it didn't work out for about the first 10 months. But see, had it been under our control, we would have had it exactly when we wanted to have the child. But it came in the perfect timing. And the things that happened after that was all based on God's timing as we dedicated our son and we dedicated our lives to Christ. Death comes at a time that no man knows when they will die. That's why it says when there's daytime, we need to continue the work. When we have the opportunity, we need to do the work. When we when we in the presence of others, we need to live the life. When we have the opportunity to share Jesus, we got to share it now because you just don't know if you will have a second more to live in this life because we do not control time. Time is in the hands of God and God has given each and every one of us a certain amount of time and we must get busy in the time that God has given us. Planting and plucking. A successful farmer knows that nature works for him when he works with nature. This is also a secret to godly life. We have to learn God's principles and understand the promises of God are based on us following the commandments of God. The only thing that is free in this Christian walk is salvation, mercy and grace of God. But if you want the blessings that God has in store for us, that we can live in the abundance, we can live on a cattle on a thousand hills. The only way we can do that is lining up our lives and fulfilling the purpose that God has put in us. And through time, the things that we need or the things that God wants us to have, those things he will. He'll supply. He'll supply. Killing. And healing. God permits some to die. Well, others get healed. We, we see this all the time. Some die and some live and we're trying to figure it out. During this COVID time, they, they said in the beginning it was all pre-existing conditions. Come to find out, we got young people, 19, 18, 20, great health, 25, 30, great health, nothing wrong with them. But God chose this time to take them. And we don't understand why. But what I need to let you know, brothers and sisters, is God has a plan. God did not do it just to do it. There was a reason behind it. You may never know in this lifetime, but God has purpose for it. It's a divine appointment under the control of God. Planting and we talk about planting and plucking. Casting stones and gathering stones. See, in the ancient days, what they did was if you wanted to hurt your enemy, you would just fill his fields with stones. See, if your enemy fills your land or your life or your job with rocks or with hatred and lying or stealing or malice, don't throw them back. Build upon those things. Build upon those things with the love of God. Let them know that despite of what they did, it doesn't make a difference because God still loves them and you'll love them too. This is the only way that we can win the loss. This is the only way that we can win those people that are on the fence about what we do is true or not true. Embracing and reframing from embracing. There's a time to welcome uh, new people into your life. And there's a time to say goodbye to some of those people that's been in your life that have been weights. 
And you know what I'm talking about. You got some friends that, listen, they're motivated. They motivate you. They speak great things into your life. They assist you when you do when you need assistance. But they also tell you what's right and what's wrong. But you got the other friends that are out there trying to push you to become something that God does not want you to be. The ones that you meet that want to talk about God, live about God, bring them into your life. Those people that want you to go back and do the things you did before, remove them from your life. I'm not saying that you don't associate with them. I'm saying that you just don't hang out with them. Getting and losing can also be phased as a time to keep and a time to clean house. There's some things in your household. There's some things in your life. As God deals with you, you need to discard. You need to stop doing. Whether it is going to a certain place, drinking a certain thing, smoking something, having sex with somebody that ain't your husband or wife, or having sex with somebody and you know that you're single, right? Those things, if you know they're separating you from God or causing division between you and God, or it's causing some confusion between you and God, is not giving a witness that God wants you to give, it's not going to help you perform your godly purpose. Sometimes you've got to get rid of those things. And I would preadventure to say all the time you have to get rid of those things. Tearing and mending. God expects a time when we get out of the need, we get out the needle and thread. We get the word of God out. And we start sewing things back together in our lives. If you want to fix yourself in a sense, start studying and praying and seeking the face of God and use the word as the instrument or tool to fix yourself. When you start getting discouraged, look at the word when it says, God says, be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication, let your petition be known in the peace that passes all understanding. shall guard your heart and mind. That is an instrument and or tool to build you. When things are not going right in your life, you can use the word that says greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. When things don't seem like they just don't make sense, you can say, Hi, my God shall supply all my needs. I mean, we have to get in the mindset that timing is everything. See, these events enter our lives at will and we seem helpless control their arrivals and departure. This sense of helplessness, helplessness produces a measure of travail and causes all men to raise the question of profit. Can a man achieve a profitable outcome in a world which seems so unreliable? See, in the presence of such a mystery, our preacher was not left without a rudder. Man's inability to control the events of life, man's travail over insolubable difficulties is once again viewed as God's gift to man. When men who are continually troubled by events under the sun here on earth are exercised to lift their eyes above the sun and look to the heavens and search for God, our creator, our savior, Jesus Christ. Men that recognize their tragic limitations. When we recognize that we are not in control of time, we are more open to the message of God's supreme control. God is in control. This is why it is so important to cast all our burdens, all our cares, all our concerns on the Lord. Peter 5 and 7 says just that. Give all your words and cares to God for he cares about you. Peter wrote this to a church afflicted by suffering and distress, and hence he realized that they face anxiety. Does this not fit today? The church is in distress. 
We're trying to figure out how to worship and how to come together. Some said, know what? We can do it online. Others said, I'm going to defy everything everybody else has said. I'm going to bring them all back. But what I ask is this. Whatever you are doing, have you sought the Lord and let God be your guide? Lean on him, trust in him, and he will direct us and keep us safe as a body of Christ. See, all we need to do is better hear the word. See, by hearing the word, we get to grow in Christ, right? Hearing makes us stronger. Hearing builds our faith. We also got to study the word. So for many years, what we've been doing is going to a church building and having the experience of church. But when it comes to going home, we don't have the experience of God. We have a church experience, but we don't study God for ourselves. We don't know God for ourselves. And when we do this, all we have is a building experience. I'm telling you now during COVID until this thing ends, we need to continue to have a God experience. When we continue to study the word of God, we continue to get in the presence of God and we continue to trust God to let him lead God and direct us to where we need to be. Nor would anyone tell, we wouldn't tell anybody about our worries, those that are cruel and indifferent. For those who are hateful and unsympathetic mock our worries by their lack of concern. Giving our anxiety to God makes imminent sense because God literally cares for you. God is not indifferent, nor is he cruel. He has compassion on all his children and will sustain us in times of distress, in times of failure, in times of confusion, in times of hate, in times of despair. See, John 21, 1 through 6, what a great story about timing. I can preach this story about multiple different things, but today we're going to talk about timing. It talks about Peter made a suggestion to the disciples. Jesus had already ascended up to heaven, and he made a suggestion that they were going to get on the boat and go fishing overnight. And I think it named seven disciples. And some theologians said you could probably add two more to it, but there are seven that we know of. And these seven went out and they cast their nets all night and caught absolutely nothing. It wasn't the right time. But it says as they came back, they saw a stranger off the pier on the side. And the stranger yelled out to them and asked them the question, did you catch anything? And they said no. And all of a sudden this stranger, because they did not identify it was Jesus yet. He said, cast your net on the right. So many theologians will talk about why it could be the right, this, that, and the other. They have all these things they try to add into it. But at the end of the day, what they came out and said, we need to trust the word for what it is. God is the one that ordained this because it was God's timing. He threw it on the right. All of a sudden, as they start to pull the, the net up, the seven of them were unable to pull up the net because it was so many fish. And then they realized it was Jesus. See, a lot of times in our lives, things are going on. And we didn't did everything we can do to fix it. We didn't work all night. We didn't had extra jobs. We didn't did all this stuff and it still ain't fixed. But if you can just hear that voice of Jesus and if you know Jesus, you'll be identified. But sometimes you just don't know that voice and that voice is telling you to do something. If you could just trust the Lord when you try to run it all in, it'd be way too much than what you expected because God in his time will work it out in your favor. What do we gain from this story? First, we've got to trust the Lord. Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is objective because it bestows upon the object of hope a present reality, enabling the believer to enjoy now the full certainty of future realization. 
Faith is the object go grounds upon which subjective confidence mess and may be based. Such faith brings springs from a personal encounter with God. This kind of faith enables one to venture into the future, supported only by the word of God, only by the word of God. That's all we need. Such faith has the capacity to unveil the future so that the solid reality of events as yet seen can be grasped by the believers. It also talks about obedience to God. We have to stop trying to do things our own way. The Bible says in Proverbs 14 and 12. Look, man, there's a way that seemeth or a path that therefore there is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. We sometimes choose paths that we shouldn't be on that will cause God's timing in our lives to expire. We have to allow God to lead God and direct us. See, the thing is with most of us, we don't realize that we have purpose. And God wants us to be here on this earth until we fulfill the purpose he has put in us to perform. And this is talked to God intentions are not just a justification. Good intentions are not just a justification for wrongdoing. Just because you have good intentions don't mean you can do wrong and say, well, I meant for it to work out. We have to be led by the spirit of God. We must search our ways of life. We we must search and deal with our opinions and how we practice and the things we do. We got to deal with our attitude. We got to look how we love and the compassion we bestow upon others to see if it lines up with the word of God. And if it doesn't, we need to get our path right. We need to line ourselves up and we need to walk in the right direction. We must recognize who our supplier is. Philippians 419 talks about and my God will give you everything you need because of his great riches in Christ Jesus. See, when you need something, it's OK sometimes to ask mom and dad and them to help you out or your cousin or your brother or sister. Sometimes you can do that. But to be honest with you, the person you need to be seeking is God. God should be your supplier. You got to trust God because a lot of times the reason we're asking people for stuff is because we didn't trust God in the beginning and we shouldn't have got the stuff we got because we probably couldn't have afforded it. Or we were trying to do something or we thought we should have been somewhere. We were trying to accomplish something, want people to believe something about us. And at the end of the day, you were trying to work outside of God's timing. So since you were working outside of God's timing, now you got yourself in a situation where you need assistance and help from other people. What I'm telling you today is we got to be led by the spirit of God. And when things happen, it'll happen in God's timing. We have to have the patience. We have to have the understanding and we have to have the faith to believe that God can do what he says he can do. It's that God supplies according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Often commentaries point out that the statement says according to and not out of. According to means that the supply is suited to the resource and like it in kind and extent. God, therefore, bountifully blesses those who give with glorious provisions in accord with his glory and for his purpose. If you don't have something right now in your life, you're not supposed to have it. If you're not where you think you should be at in your life, you didn't get that promotion or you don't make that amount of money that you think you should be making, it's probably not the right timing. And you probably wouldn't appreciate it if you had it because right then you would be thinking that you're the one that had the accomplishment and that it wasn't done by God. Since the glory is associated with Christ, it is in Christ. No matter what you face daily, continue professing and displaying the love of God. And trust God that where you are is where you need to be. Not that we don't seek better. Not that we don't ask God for better. Not that we don't strive for better, but we don't live in that. 
We live in the now and the purpose that God has put in us. And God will bless us bountifully based on what we are putting in right now. Psalms 84 and 11. 84 and 11 says, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. God is going to give you exactly what you need when you need it. If it's in his will, it may seem a true truism that what God will withhold is not nothing but no good thing. Yet the gospel showed the unimaginable length and breadth of this. See the limiting phrase from those who walk upright, i.e. with the undivided heart is not an arbitrary condition, but as logical as one of the promises. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. See, in Jeremiah 5.25, Jeremiah uses the language of our, of our verse to express the converse of it. Your sins have withholding good things from you. How we live matters. Our walk in this life with Christ will determine the extent and supply of the things we desire from the Lord. This life will have its difficulties. John 16 and 33 talks about this. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In this world, you will have tribulations and trials and distress and frustrations. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident. Certain undaunted. Cer certain undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and, and have all conquered it for you. Jesus knew. That after his turn return to the, to the father, the disciples would be persecuted. They would have problems. They would have trials and tribulations. He warned them that the Jewish leaders, those people that were in charge, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they would hate them as they also hated him. And they, they would put the disciples out of the synagogue and even think that they were doing God a favor by putting the disciples to death. They had already felt something about the world's hatred when they walked with Christ. He now warned them of further uh, persecution. In this world, you will have troubles. I'm telling you right now, some people will sell you that when you get saved, that you will have no more problems. I will be the one to tell you that when you get saved, that's when your problems start. Because now you are working against the forces of the enemy. You're working against the forces of the world. So everything against the world is going to push back against you to try to bring you back into the world. It was another reminder that their lives would not be easy in this world, in this relationship with the hostile world in particular to them. It was the Jews to us is anybody that does not believe Christ that is trying to pull us back into the world with Christ. They would have trouble to balance this. Jesus promised them that in the relationship with him, even in the midst of their trouble, they would have peace. And the only way we have this peace is we have to trust in who the supplier is. And we have to trust the Lord. Jesus word, but take heart. I have overcome the world should strengthen us when we face the full onslaught from the world. Being when Jesus says God returned to the father. Timing is everything. We're going back to Ecclesiastes three and one. Timing is everything. It says there is a special time for everything. There's a time for everything that happens under the sun. See, I need for you, for us as Christians to stop living in our failures 
and our disappointments. If there's something you, you're, you're without or something you don't have or uh, you, you missed a promotion or an opportunity, you, you, you thought you were going to get married but you didn't get married or you, you, you got a divorce and now life seemed like everything is a, a, a mist and astray, uh, whatever it may be, we have to know that timing is everything. See, God, he's a giver. We know this from John 3:16. He gave us his only begotten son. We know from Luke 11 and 13, all the familiar scriptures about God's giving to his children. He rescued us from death and sin and gifted us and gave us a gift or gifted us to have life in abundance on this side of the earth of life. We got to stop thinking about what we would have been. I could have been this or I should have been this. I, I should have had this promotion. I should have been in this job this amount of time. Many people got laid off after 20, 30 years of employment. They're trying to figure out how did this happen and why this and the other. Because God got something better. But you'll never know that until you start to trust God where you are. Just like I think he told Elijah, he told him to rest by the tree. And he stayed there for almost a year, I believe. Sometimes you just got to rest and stay where you are and have patience and trust in God that all things are going to work out. Stop seeking or stop thinking about what could have been. Stop thinking about where you should be and trust the Lord in leading you now where you need to be. We all know the scripture, scripture, Romans 8 and 28. It's one of my favorite scriptures. It talks about and we know with great confidence that God who is deeply concerned about us causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his plan and his purpose. See, timing is everything. Everything we do is based off God's time for the particular thing in our lives. I just need for you, because there's some of you out there right now that have been dealing with some of your past failures and thinking you should be somewhere else or should have became something or you didn't get to go to college or whatever it is. I'm telling you where you are right now is where God needs you to be. You have to make the best of where you are now. And as you give God the honor and glory, you have dreams and visions and you pray to God and it's within God's will. God will elevate you in such a way that it will exceed everything you have ever thought that you wanted to become, that you wanted to go, that you wanted to meet. It will change because God will do it in his way and in his timing. We as believers can no longer walk around here thinking that we control anything. Everything that happens is based off of God's timing in our lives. And that is based off of God's purpose in our lives. And the only way as believers we will ever come to that understanding is studying God's word, seeking his face, looking for the relationship with God, that through that relationship we're able now to walk patiently with God as he leads and guides us through time to accomplish the things for him. And he will give us all those things that we need. Timing is everything. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just give you the honor and glory for all that you do, Lord God. Lord, we ask you to forgive us, Lord God, and cleanse us, Lord God, from the times that we think that we in control, that for the things that we think we can maneuver how we think we control time. Lord, I ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you reveal each to each and every one of us that we are here for a limited amount of time, that we we have a mortal life here that, guess what, that your son Jesus died on the cross and that because of that, we will have life in abundance after death, but you still have a purpose and plan for us right now. 
I rebuke anybody that has come into a believer's life that tried to make them feel that they are not good enough or they haven't accomplished enough, that they haven't gone far enough. I rebuke them in the name of Jesus. And then God, I invoke the fact that they are have peace where they are, knowing that as they search you, as they seek you, as they pray to you, as they develop a relationship with you, you will put them in the position, in the spots, in the promotion. You will guide them in relationship. You will lead them and direct them in every aspect of their lives. Father, for anybody under the sound of my voice, Lord God, that is suffering and hurting of sickness or had a death in the family or anything of such, Lord, I ask you to heal them where they are. Touch them daily, Lord God. Continue to let them know that you have never left them or forsaken them. Let them know that by your stripes, Lord God, we are healed, Lord God, and that there's nothing too hard for you if we look towards you with you, our help cometh from. Lord, I thank and I praise you for all that you've done and all you continue to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, if you don't know Jesus today, and I, I love to talk about Jesus for those people that don't know him, that's uh, maybe seeking, look, God has been pulling on your heart. You know, you just haven't felt comfortable doing the things you're doing and you're trying to figure out why. Because God is seeking you out saying, hey, I have a spot for you. Come on on the team. Listen, body of Christ, there's a, there's a rib I need you to feel or a spot here by the rib because every one of us have a purpose. And even in that, it is based off of timing. If you were look at Galatians 4, 4 through 6, it talks about this timing. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law, that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Paul wrote this to the Galatians. That God sent his son when the time had fully come. Not only was it the right time in terms of the sweep of history, but it was the right time in the sense that we were all powerless to break away from the chains of sin. We are unable to help ourselves. Bound by sin and destined for eternal parts from God, no amount of struggle could free us from the condemnation. It was for us the right time for Christ's atoning death. God died for us and rose again at the right time. Today is a perfect time if you don't know Christ for yourself. See, John 14 and 6 tells us who Jesus is. Jesus said I unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, that no man cometh to the Father but through him. Romans 10, 9, and 10 talks about that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in the heart that he has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes it to righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. Listen, our concern here is for soul winning. We want to know that through this service that you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We're going to go through a, 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 a statement I want you to follow. If you want to know Jesus for yourself, if you want to enter into the kingdom, if you want to become a believer today, then we want to know because we want you to go on the website and send us an email or a text so we can reach out to you. But first, let's go through this. Repeat after me. Father God, I'm a sinner in need of your forgiveness. Lord, I ask you to come into my life. I believe that you are God's son, sent to earth to live as a man, that you died on the cross, and that you rose again, that I might be in relationship with the Father. Lord, lead me in my life. Take control of every step I take. In Jesus' name, amen.
Now, we're going to talk about our offering today. Offering today. If you would like to give an offering or donation or tithe, uh, uh, please visit our website, www.wotm.net. www. It's like a lot of W's in it. www.wotm.net. Thank you for all those that have helped building the kingdom of the Lord. Again, as we start to transition, hoping that this next year will be in our building and everything else. We're just waiting and patiently uh, looking at some places right now and, and everything work out. We will be there in the beginning of the year. Hopefully the protocols will be in place that we can actually start the fellowship together. But anyway, before we go any further, again, I want to say thank you for everybody that's given a donation, their tithes and their offerings. God bless you as we build this ministry to do the work of the ministry. And listen, if you receive Jesus today as your Lord and Savior, please go on the website and send us an email or text so we can reach out with you and kind of help you with some things and talk to you a little bit because the enemy is going to tell you that you didn't get saved today. But I'm telling you, you got saved. Jesus is your Lord and Savior. And if you talk to him, well, we can help build each other. Iron can sharpen iron. Jesus.